You're listening to the Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Anna Parch, and I'm Katie. Welcome back to the pajama sessions. It is. I really like that idea of calling them (laughs) the pajama session. Although that does imply that there are times when we're wearing like normal street clothes. I feel like pre-pregnant Katie wore <laughs> normal clothes. I feel like I always wore pajamas. Except well, for the times house, so yeah. <laughs> Except for the times where we were like on a Skype call or something or a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to like look nice, but uh yeah, no, I just I don't have the mental fortitude to put on real clothes anymore. Like having to squeeze into <laughs> leggings yesterday. <laughs> Was, I, I seriously, I got out of the shower, and uh, when it was time to get dressed, I just kind of sat there on my bed and gave myself <laughs> a real pep talk, like, these are your least judgmental leggings. Oh, man. They're the stretchiest ones. <laughs> you can do this, it's only for a couple hours, and you can come back and you can put on the sweatpants, except I couldn't, Aww. because Mardi Gras, and so, basically, yeah. I was gone from before 11 until about 5.30, and yeah. now I'm exhausted because I fully overdid it yesterday. I believe you because I am not pregnant and I left the shower, gave some blood, mm-hmm. like not a lot, gave some blood and came home. And to was, a blood bank, not a random yeah. stranger. Just to clarify. <laughs> to clarify, yes. And came home and immediately was like, get me out of these blue jeans <laughs> and let me take a nice nap. And then I didn't put them back on until so we went out to dinner. Nice. So my in-laws are in town. And we have been uh, looking through a bunch of old pictures me and Jarek's mom have. Mm -hmm. And she found a picture of, like, two or three weeks before she was due to deliver her triplets. Gosh, I can only imagine. (laughs) She was like, oh, yeah, uh, this is a, a tent dress that I had to borrow from a neighbor because I couldn't comfortably wear any other maternity clothes. And I was like, oh, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. No, the last couple of mm-hmm. days that we've had that's been warm, mm-hmm. I have 100% men in dresses. Yep. Because no waistbands. <laughs> no, just, just, ugh, room. Yeah. Seems nice. I mean, for you. I'm, yeah. I'm just and- over here. <laughs> I can still wear all my clothes. And my new, like, sitting position is, unless I'm, like, all the way reclined, is lean forward, but, like, man-spreading. <laughs> but it's more, like, baby-spreading. Baby because I have spread. to... Let the baby hang I have low. to spread my knees apart a little bit just so there's room for my belly to rest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And by the time this episode comes out, you are going to be extremely close. Yeah. I mean, I'm already <laughs> extremely close, so... <laughs> We were just talking. I mean, next... By this time, airs. I could have critter. You could. We were we were just talking about the schedule, and I was like, "Well, the next next week's episode is not only our two year anniversary episode, but it's also your due date episode." So <laughs> we're getting close. We're eating some cake today because we want to. Yes, and because my in laws brought a whole lot of cheesecake like the biggest amount of cheesecake and uh also speaking of stephanie and bringing things oh yeah (laughs) stephanie got me a present too so so major shout out because we've been telling everyone like books we would love books like sure get us something from the registry that's useful we appreciate that Mm -hmm. but we'd love to have all the books every book ever written is what they're (laughs) requesting basically (laughs) 
but we already have two copies of Brown Bear, so, like, we're good there. Um, <laughs> so not that one. But, no, she got me Goodnight Goon. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> Which is the um, parody to Goodnight Moon that I've never heard of, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah. She asked me, she was like, does she already have this? And I was like, uh, no, because I'm positive I would have heard of it. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> oh, look how spooky and adorable it all is. Good night, tomb. <laughs> is it all words that rhyme? Good night, mummies. Good night, tummies. Oh! Good night, bones in the black lagoon. That one didn't rhyme, but it's but okay. Go, good night, tomb. Good night, bones in the black lagoon. Oh, okay. okay. Ooh. These Good illustrations night. are beautiful. I know. <laughs> that reminds me of the sandworm from Beetlejuice. <laughs> or from Tremors. Yep. Either or. Mm. So, very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also finally drinking again. I'm not. <laughs> One of the things I love very much about my mother-in-law is that she is... Uh, in favor of like morning cocktails for like special occasions. Yeah. Which is basically like Bloody Marys. Yeah, which is basically when we all get together is a special occasion. Brunch is a special occasion. Yeah. So she brought Bloody Mary mix. And I unfortunately don't like Bloody Marys, so I didn't have any this morning. But as soon as it was like noon ish and we sat down to uh play a Bob Ross board game, which she also brought us. Nice. We had made guacamole. And I remembered that I had a Mike's Hard Pineapple in the fridge. So I started with that. I thought I was going to do a little bit more day drinking before you got here. Um, <laughs> it's probably good that I didn't. A, it's the weekend. And yeah. B, basically, it's their vacation. So, yeah. hell yeah, day drinking. Basically. So, um, yeah. So I've got red wine and plain cheesecake. Katie has water and the biggest slice of Oreo cheesecake. Yeah, I guarantee Jarek found whichever one was biggest <laughs> and popped it on there. So Because he's sweet like that. Yeah, he is. Um, he is actually one of my announcements, but before <laughs> I get to him, we have a new patron shout out. Yay! That's uh, why we're eating cake. We're celebrating. Yeah, we're celebrating <laughs> Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. She uh, she messages us on Facebook sometimes. Um, she's so sweet. I think you've sent them to me. Yes. And she's the one who made me cry. The yep. uh, Yes, with the very sweet message. Yep. So uh, she became a patron this week and or the week of that we're recording this. And we're super excited. You're going to be getting a little welcome packet with stickers and goodies and stuff. And, of course, this is our formal announcement of our undying love for you. Yes. And though my signature will technically be forged, in spirit, I signed that. I mean, really, we could just have you pre-sign a whole bunch of things, but that would... I actually have a stamp with my name. (laughs) Okay, Mrs. President. No. (laughs) For work, we used to send out thank you, or, like, Christmas cards for the organization. And we would have to sign... Like, 300 of them or something. Man. And they were always glossy, and I'm left-handed, so I had to be very careful uh, to, like, sign it and not smear it. And, like, I'd have to lay them out and let the ink dry. And I was like, I hate this. My handwriting is god-awful. <laughs> it's atrocious. And so I have a stamp machine. Nice. And I made me a stamp. Yep. And I went, bam, 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 bam. Nice. Do you have a stamp machine? Like, you can make your own stamps? Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm. I'm going to be contacting you at some point. Also, They're those self-inking stamps. 
Ooh, I love those. I use one for my return address label on things. It's okay. perfect. Literally, we'll talk after this because I literally was like, how do you, uh, how do you make custom stamps? Because we were looking into doing that for something. And I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> also, I didn't know you were left-handed. Although I should have known. I'm literally eating in front of you for the like third time, third week in a row. Yeah, but that's my right. <laughs> your left. But I should have known because, you know, you're a witch and witches are left, you know, left-handedness is a... I really hope you're never like a witness to my murder or something because you will give the least detailed witness testimony to the police. It's not true. And my murder will never be solved. Possibly true. I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. She was real pregnant for a while. Um, her hair is sometimes blonde. Sometimes she has hair, I think. It's red. I don't know. She wears it up a lot. Uh, it, I think maybe it was red last time I saw her. Uh, it has been blonde. She's between my height or shorter or taller. I don't really know. <laughs> I have, here, I have hundreds of thousands of hours of audio of her voice, if that helps. You could probably um, recognize her voice out of a recording, it maybe. Was, it was a while into our friendship, I think, before I even knew that you had, like, more than one tattoo. <laughs> and, like, one of them was on your foot, and I had just never seen it before. <laughs> it's like I've never looked at your feet. Yep. Okay, the second announcement is just a funny story about Jarek. Um, so, <laughs> he was editing... The first, the West Memphis 3 part one episode, and he texted me, or he called me, because I was at the grocery store, and he was like, he was so serious, he was like, hey, have you looked up these guys? It's like they're being glorified for this murder that they did, and I was like, oh, honey, um, I was like, have you listened to part two yet, sweetie? (laughs) He's like, no, why? I was like, just... Just listen to part two. And then uh, I'll be more than happy to discuss it with you. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, last night at dinner, uh, Stephanie asked me, because uh, she had just listened to part one, and mm-hmm. she was like, um, so did they really, like, and I was like, mm, you're going to have to listen to part two. That Wednesday. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking a break from child murder... You're welcome. <laughs> so this week I thought that we would talk about a local legend. Nice. That I had never heard of, but that is literally like not even a day trip if we wanted to go see this. All right. Have you heard of the Cora tree? How do you spell it? C O R A. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Where is it? It is in Frisco, North Carolina. Then no, I don't think so. <laughs> Do you know where Frisco is? No, I don't no. think so. <laughs> I did not either. It is near Hatteras. Okay. So it's on one of the Outer Banks. If you're looking at North Carolina, everyone. Okay. that Now it's ringing a bell. Yeah. Not the Cora tree, but Frisco. Right. So basically the Outer Banks are just like a thin little line of, I think, are they called Barrier Islands? They are called Barrier Islands. Barrier Islands. So it's on a Barrier Island. Okay, so here's what happened. And this part is obviously like a legend, so, you know. All of this, we're going to start with allegedly. Allegedly. 
allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. Is there such thing as being drunk on cake? Because I feel like you're getting a little bit <laughs> I'm definitely getting sloppy. <laughs> okay. It's Oreo cheesecake. <laughs> it's very good. We should have taken a picture of it before I started eating it. I mean, you can take a picture of it now. Or we can take a picture of, like, the actual cake mm-hmm. thing. Okay. So, in the early 1700s, there was a woman named Cora. So, Cora and her baby, whose name we don't know, arrived on the island, this barrier island, and kind of settled in Frisco. She was a small, slight lady, and she was never seen without her baby, which doesn't seem uncommon in the 1700s. Like, if you're a single mom, like, what else are you going to do with your baby? Um, She kept to herself, and she built a small hut for her and the baby. I'm getting some major Hester Prynne vibes here. Who? From the Scarlet Letter. Oh, I never actually read the Scarlet Letter. You're not missing out. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Easy A. Yeah. Okay. I know the basic idea. (sighs) So Cora didn't really know anyone on the island. No one knew where she came from. So she just kind of showed up with this baby, kept to herself, whatever. So naturally people began to gossip, as they do. And soon they began to attribute strange things that happened on the island to this strange woman. That's what you get for being a newcomer. Yep. And a woman. (laughs) And a woman at that. So, Cora had allegedly touched a cow, and days later, the cow had stopped producing milk. Also, a young boy had made a face at her baby, and a few days later, he became violently ill and almost died. Which, I just want to say, I love the idea of someone using their powers for, like, don't make a face at my baby, okay? No. Isn't that what everyone does to babies? They make weird faces? Yeah. I made a million weird faces yesterday to a mm-hmm. baby that hates me. And it was fine. He hates everyone. It's, it's fine. This is true. He doesn't actually. <laughs> He's just so much of a mama's boy. <laughs> it's, uh... Like, yeah. before he started smiling, he would just mean mug all of the time. Like, no matter what you did, he just had this look of, like... Who are you? Who Get are you? out of my face. You are so grotesque. I can't stand the sight of you. Yeah. Finally started smiling. He'd oh. still mean mug. And then he might go Smile. from like his like meanest face to like a big smile. Like, hey. And then <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, wait, no, that's right. I don't like I you. forgot. I don't like you. Back to mean mug. Yeah. He's also very, very cute. And so everything he does, including his like sadness and anger, is very cute. And he does that thing where he just looks at you and then breaks into crying. <laughs> it makes you feel really great about yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, oh, who are you? He's a sweet kid, but he's not great for the self esteem sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, maybe Cora's baby was like this. Yeah. <laughs> so a kid made a face at him. Cora Carver, yeah. Cora Carver, yeah, same thing. <laughs> and uh, then the, the child became sick. He recovered. He was okay, I think. Also, Cora always seemed to have an abundance of fish, and suddenly the local fishermen couldn't catch any fish. So there can... So they, again, men blaming their incompetence and, <laughs> and you know, lack of success on women. Yes. So their conclusion... Do you want to guess what they concluded? Oh, she's a witch. She's a witch, for sure. 
two and that's satan's baby that she's got oh yeah rosemary's baby cora's baby rosemary's baby uh same thing i think they also there were some uh versions that her baby was actually her familiar that was just like in the form of a baby meh i don't really know if i'm gonna have a familiar and it can change forms a baby seems like the least convenient form for (laughs) it to take seems like a a lot of responsibility on your part yeah why not just make it a cat Please be a cat, be a dog, something that can go out and scavenge for food if you need to. Cats are like the most self-sufficient pets Mm -hmm. anyways, so. So to their credit, they were like, yeah, she's probably a witch, but they weren't like, let's go tell everyone. They were just like, "Mm, keep away from Cora. This is is before, you know, it turned into the village mob with the pitchforks and the torches and everything and the, oh, burn the witch. This is the, this is the the beginning, the onset of Mm -hmm. the, like, let's just start. You know, maybe just planting seeds in the community that she might be a witch. See if it takes. And if it does, maybe we can progress. Maybe we can pursue this. Yeah, I feel like they were also just like, eh, it's a lot of trouble. Like, she's not really hurting anyone, you know, just like... Just cows and... Just... And children that are mean to her kids. Yeah. But, you know, who wouldn't? And she's just kind of, you know, greedy with all the fish. (laughs) I read an article on the islandfreepress.org. It was written in 2019. And the author of this article speculates that had the following events not occurred, that Cora would have just continued to live a peaceful and undisturbed life on the island. Imagine that. (laughs) And they suggest, I think this is actually very funny. They're like, oh, you know, Southern hospitality. Southerners are too polite to do anything, and I wanted to be like, have you met Southerners who have met other people who are, like, different than them? Because some of them are not, it's not, anyways. Okay. Well, one day. You ain't from here, you ain't never gonna be from here. (laughs) And I also think this is funny, like, this, this legend was very obviously shaped by Southerners, because they are not the bad people in this, they're not the villains. One day, a beaten and tattered ship called the Susan G. arrived on the shores of the Outer Banks. And leading the tired crew aboard the ship was Captain Eli Blood. Captain Blood was from Salem, Massachusetts. And he was a self-proclaimed witch hunter and defender of the people. He was, like, part-time witch hunter, full-time captain, part-time defender of the people. And presumably, Captain Blood had heard the rumors, or, like, when he got to the island, heard the rumors about Korra. But he hadn't actually witnessed anything, so he just kind of heard these, like, murmurings. Until one day, a body washed ashore. And it was the body of a man. And he had allegedly died with a look of terror on his face. Also, his hands were clutched together in prayer. And, if that wasn't enough, there was the number 666 carved into his forehead. You know. Seems like overkill. It seems like they told, they were like telling the story and they were like, he had a look of terror on his face. And his hands were clutched in prayer. And they were like, okay, so? And then they were like, oh, also, um, the, the number of the devil was written on him. So there's that. 
Also, there were, quote, small footprints leading from the body off towards Cora's hut. And that was enough for Captain Blood, who decided that the local witch was to blame for this death. Katie's making a lot of faces, but she's also eating a lot of cake, so she's not saying a lot right now. Because mm-hmm. Katie's trying to also rationalize some of this with science, mm-hmm. but, you know, heaven forbid I try to rationalize with 1700s well, witch you know, paranoia. Science didn't exist back then, so it's not a thing. Also, get ready, because we're about to do some quick little witch trials. Fun. And uh, I'm going to make you guess some stuff. Like, I know that when people die, sometimes, you know, their face will freeze. Mm-hmm. In a, but I feel like that's literally because it gets literally frozen that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they die in, like, an avalanche or something and are later <laughs> dug also, out. Or buried in ash, like in Pompeii <laughs> or something. But, but because, like, when you die feel like your face muscles would relax mm-hmm. before rigor mortis would set in and keep them in place. Mm-hmm. I would also argue that a look of terror is subjective. Mm-hmm. And if this person had been in the ocean for some time, I mean, it's not hard to make your face without some skin look horrifying. Mm-hmm. So if maybe some fish had eaten away his lips. Also, imagine how bloated he would be. Like, yeah. your body's already bloat after they've been dead for, you know, yeah. several days. Plus with being in water and, you know. Yeah. There's, I mean, also this is a story and so yeah. they could have said anything. I mean, they also said he had 666 <laughs> carved into him. So, like. Uh, <laughs> mm. Maybe. I feel bullet. like if his hands were clutched like in prayer, mm-hmm. it's because they were roped together and that's yeah. the only thing that held them together. Yeah, it's this is all very fishy. <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> oh man. Okay. So Captain Blood is like, mm, this is the work of a witch, obviously. So he assembled the classic angry mob. I assume everyone gathered their pitchforks and, and they, torches. And torches. And they broke down Cora's door, and they grabbed her and her child. Because, obviously, the child is familiar. The, yes, obviously. And they took them to the middle of town to perform the tests that would determine if she was a witch or not. A.K.A. The kind of tests that, like, uh, if you pass, then you're a witch. If you but fail. if you fail, you're a human, but you're also dead. You also die. Yeah. <laughs> because your witch powers couldn't mm. save you. The only reason you survive is because your witch powers saved you. So the first test was Captain Blood's like, all right, we need to cut her hair with either a pair of scissors or a knife. I don't know. And someone had a (laughs) dull blade and so it wouldn't cut her hair. But Captain Blood was like, aha, her hair is stronger than a wire rope, which is obviously a sign of being a witch. <laughs> then, naturally, for test number two, they tied her up and threw her into the sound. Uh, the body of water, the sound, yep. not the... The noise. Noise. Um, they threw her into the water. And she floated, as human bodies tend to do. Yep. And therefore, that was... Only witches float because they also weigh the same as wood because they're made of wood. And witches burn. What else burns? Wood. Wood. And what else does wood do? It floats. It floats. And what else floats? Ducks. Very small rocks. Apples. Churches. (laughs) 
<laughs> we there have been far too many instances of us quoting that movie. I know. In this podcast that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but I mean also <laughs> I feel like the Holy Grail is something that just gets quoted a lot in daily life in general by a lot of people. Yeah. I have a lot of embarrassing stories about how the first time I ever got into that movie. Remember when you get really obsessed with something as like a preteen? Yep. In seventh grade, that was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, my geek friends in mm-hmm. high school were so into it that uh, one of whom was Chris Byers. <laughs> of course, of course. Not the same Chris right, Byers right, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. murdered. Right, right. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they actually programmed in the T9 calculators. Mm-hmm. Because you could, like, make little programs and stuff in there. And uh-huh. they figured out a way to, like, you know, you'd type in a formula or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, it would give random Monty Python quotes that they had oh, put in there. No. And it was mostly the, like, we are the knights who say me. <laughs> and then it would progress to the, we are the knights who say ika, 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 tag <laughs> bang, bang, I used to have uh, the entire script of that movie printed out, which is embarrassing. Also, in seventh grade, my best friend and I and some other friends decided that we needed to enter the school talent show by performing a skit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And we did the witch scene. Yeah. And I was King Arthur. So I had one line, which was, a duck. And it was beautiful. (laughs) We I like. We I did like, not win, by the way. I like John Cleese's line. She turned me into a new. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it, it wasn't John Cleese. It was, I forget who it was, but it wasn't him. Uh, I got better. I got better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope our listeners uh, appreciate appreciate and uh, don't, haven't turned us off immediately because I'm sure my mom <laughs> wanted to do that when I was 12. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So, so far, Cora has. Hair that cannot be cut. Mm -hmm. She Um, floats. She floats. All right. So the last test, Captain Blood took out his ceremonial witch hunting bowl that he always kept on him for emergencies. He filled it with water and then he pricked his own finger and let a single drop of blood fall into the water. And then he chose three other men who were there and did the same, pricked their finger And then he stirred the mixture into a froth, which I don't like that word. Mm -mm. And then he looked into the bowl and what did he see? The, she was a witch. (laughs) He saw the faces of Korra and Satan. But see, that (laughs) seems like witchcraft to me. That whole like scrying, like... Looking into a a bowl of water or liquid or whatever and scrying into, like, the truth and... That (gasps) sounds like witchcraft to me. I mean, that is almost straight out of a Harry Potter book. Yes. Divinations. Also, it was your blood. Like, you didn't put any of the blood of the alleged witch in there. Mm -hmm. It's just your own blood (laughs) and some water. So if anything, you'd be a witch. (laughs) I wish someone had pointed that out. Like, uh, wait a minute. I think I think probably a lot of people thought that, but they're didn't like, want to say anything because then it would make them look like a witch. They're like, like the crowd is kind of talking to themselves. And they're like, wait a minute. Did any of her blood, was it her, his blood, her blood? Who's, what? So, uh, 
he also had several of the men who were there. He's like, hey, 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 look in here. You see her face with Satan too, right? And they were like, yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure, for sure. Cora has now failed three foolproof tests. And so Captain Blood is like, well, you're a witch. Uh, you have to be disposed of as all witches are. And we're going to burn you alive. So we're going to tie you to this large oak tree in the center of town. Oh, and Don't take it out on the tree. I know. I love like, oak trees. Oak trees are beautiful. This episode of The Tales We Tell is brought to you by The Crafty Criminologist. Do you love cute and creepy stationery and stickers? What about ghoulish earrings and adorable ghosts? Then check out The Crafty Criminologist on Etsy and Instagram. She makes stickers, jewelry, study guides, and more. Just go to Etsy.com and search at Crafty Criminologist and be sure to use code The Tales We Tell at checkout for 15% off your order. That's The Tales We Tell for 15% off. So Cora and her child were tied to the large oak tree. That upsets me so much because oak trees, beyond being pretty, they're so good for the ecosystem. Because they have, A, because they're so old all the time, too. All the time. Um, (laughs) Except when they're not, I guess. I have, but like the the long, like the big complex root structure that Mm -hmm. they have that holds part of this barrier island together like it's it's important yes and i'm gonna get into oak trees a little bit okay i have a great website to recommend for people is it the autobahn institute no it's not it's the... i used to play on the oak trees in the autobahn zoo all the time oh. but the there is a tree feature from the autobahn zoo place the autobahn society uh featured on this site it's called monumentaltrees.com cool it's lovely Okay, so Cora and the child are tied to this tree, and Captain Blood is like, everyone go get some kindling. So they, like, make a... Is it pyre? Okay. It's another one of those words that I see say one way in my head. Pop quiz. What is the uh, harvesting blade? A scythe. Scythe. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Fuck! It's never... (sighs) In my head, it's still a scythe. <laughs> At least it's a little bit closer than Sith. <laughs> That's a type of Jedi, the bad this Jedi. Is true. I mean, which is akin to a dark-robed figure here to collect your soul. Yeah, but the scythe is the actual harvesting tool. Well, some might say I guess that the Maul... Sith is the tool of the Force. No, not of the Force, of the Empire bad guys. By the way, yes, my kid will recognize your voice, but probably more so when you swear like that. <laughs> so he'll meet him and be like, oh, hi, Critter. And he'll look at you like, um, I think I recognize your voice. And you'll be like, and then I'll stub my toes. Fucking smile at me. And he'll be like, oh, I know you. Yeah, you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> he'll be one of those kids that only laughs when uh, someone gets hurt. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so they're making a pyre. And... As they are doing this, they're about to set fire to it when a group of locals come forward. So this group of locals is led by Captain Thomas Smith, which in my head I am combining the characters of John Smith and Thomas from Pocahontas. So Mel Gibson and (laughs) um, 
uh, Christian Bale, <laughs> two very problematic actors. Wait, Christian Bale played? I think he did. I oh. think so. I may be wrong about that. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you either way. I'd have to look it up. But Thomas, I I wanted to root for him, but he but was he just... He killed Cocoaum! He was just... He was a bad It man. was just a dumb kid kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Just... Yeah, well... Reacted. That's what his brainwashing got him. I also really like in this story that they're like, okay, Captain Blood is the villain... And Captain Thomas Smith, which to me is also, like, the whitest colonial name, like, most generic white bread name you could come up with, is, like, the good guy coming in as the voice of reason. And have you met my brother, Robert Smith? He goes by Bob. (laughs) So, Captain Smith comes forward and he's like, wait, 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 wait. How about we take Cora to the mainland and have, like, an actual trial before we execute her because like uh there are actual courts of law and it seems like maybe we should take some precautions before killing this person and her child yeah and captain blood's like no she failed all the witch trials let go of me and he (laughs) and also who the are you coming down from massachusetts yeah and you just like Uh... happen to stop here with your boat yeah, you just come out of nowhere. You ain't from here, saying which this and which that. And now you want to burn someone? Yeah, not it's. Mm. So, <laughs> so they're we like, don't take kindly to your kind either. Yeah, I don't like a lot of lot of them. They're like, we don't like any kind of different. You included. Yeah, we don't like this witch, but we also like, don't like you. Yeah, but you're from the north, so <laughs> what's worse? E- so, do we do we want the what's what's worse the the devil you know or the devil you don't? Oh. Like, sure, she might be a witch, but like, but at least we know her. Yeah, we we know her. We know what she's capable of, and so far, like, I still don't have a lot of proof that she actually killed this one guy. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> the um, the article was like also perhaps some of the fishermen who were blaming their lack of skills on this woman who happened to be a good fisherman. We're feeling a little guilty now that she's tied to a large tree. Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, say something. See, this is, they're all realizing like, ah, see, this is what our toxic masculinity has got us to. Like, do we really want to be complicit in the murder just because we were feeling insecure about our only, yeah. uh, our own fishing prowess. <laughs> like our only skill. <laughs> hmm. Okay, Lord. so very dramatic scene coming up. All right. Captain Smith grabs Captain Blood's arm as he's like about to light the fire, and just as Captain Smith grabs his arm. The sky, which had been clear, suddenly clouds over with storm clouds and thunder starts to rumble. And then Captain Blood jerks his arm free and he is about to light the pyre when suddenly a bolt of lightning strikes the tree and everyone is thrown to the ground. And then, when the smoke cleared, Cora and her child were gone. To transport it to the twilight zone. (laughs) (laughs) And the ropes were still hanging around the tree. 
the trunk of the tree had been split into a heart-shaped hole by the lightning, and the name Cora was emblazoned on the tree. Mm. And to this day, that tree is still standing in the middle of Frisco. I have a picture for you. Because oak trees are badass. <laughs> oak trees are badass. So <clears throat> there is a heart-shaped hole uh, split down the middle of the tree, and the name Cora is still carved into the trunk. So this is the tree. Pretty. Beautiful. I should have taken a better picture of the uh, the hole, but we'll get to that. That is the carving. Cool. Cora. I see it. Very clear. Yeah, next time we're up at the Outer Banks, uh, I'll see if I can give it to Shelton to take me up there. Yeah. This be a great history lesson for your critter. Yeah. There's the hole. Huh. Yeah. Kind of cool. The tree's still alive. Like, the tree's yeah. fine, to be fair. That's, that's why those trees are so <laughs> cool. So, there is a little bit of fact checking and this is where we get to talk about trees yay yay so the cora tree is a southern live oak and they grow pretty fast up until they are about 70 years old and then their trunk has reached its maximum diameter and then they like they continue to live but they don't really get bigger so, according to the Live Oak Society, the oldest southern live oak is the Seven Sisters Oak in Mandeville, mm-hmm. Louisiana. She, I'm calling her a girl, obviously. Yep. She is estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. And, like, the only way, I think, to tell for, for real, for real, is to, like, cut, mm-hmm. you know, look at the rings. Yeah, and we don't want to do that, because then, mm-hmm. you know. No. But I think, I feel like after a certain point in time too mm-hmm. that can get screwy yeah especially with i've seen oak trees that basically the outside is kind of dead but mm-hmm. a new tree of it like it's still the same Ooh. tree but it's like it gave birth to itself yeah. or whatever it's kind of now growing in it or like adjacent to it so, so, so it's cool. like it's part of it but not really mm-hmm. so like it's still it's still the same tree but it's separate from its mm-hmm. old form mm-hmm so it would be hard to tell how old. There's an Instagram account that I follow called Jews Love Trees. <laughs> and, uh, it's great. I love all the reels because he's like, hi, my name is Tobin Mitnick and, my, and I'm a Jew who loves trees. <laughs> but he lives out west and he talks about pines and firs a lot. Mm-hmm. So I want to I wanna reach out to him and be like, say, Tobin, I know you love trees, <laughs> but do you love spooky stories? Because we have an episode for you. Mm, about this tree. Yep. So I'm going to link this specific page of this site in the show notes. So it's monumentaltrees.com. And you can just find some really cool pictures of giant southern live oak trees. Mm Because they are, they're really big. Like, they're not redwood, redwood big, but they're, like, huge. Sometimes their roots, like, are kind of above ground. Mm -hmm. So they create all these cool... And their branches get really long and they'll come down. Because yeah. the one that the zoo that everyone loved to climb on had this mm-hmm. giant branch that like, you know, it was probably about maybe 10 feet mm-hmm. in the air before it kind of came off of the trunk. Yeah. And it kind of went down mm-hmm. and then like barely kind of touched the ground and then started coming back up. And so like kids would love to climb up the trunk. Yeah. And in and all around the tree. 
they're, they're the best climbing trees. Also, have you heard of the uh, angel oak in Charleston? No. That's another super famous tree. Ooh. What did she do? I don't know the story. I think it's just <laughs> a big, a pretty, cool oh, I think it's just an old tree. It's <laughs> a historical trees? landmark on Jones Island mm-hmm. in Charleston. There's no record of how old the Cora tree is, and I think this is because the lightning striking it messed something up with how they can determine that. But it's plausible that she could be a couple hundred years old. And as long as she was 70, at least, Mm -hmm. by the time that name was carved into her, it would still be there. Also... Cora was not a common name in the Americas in the 18th century, but Cora, with a K, <laughs> was, you know, Cora versus Cora. Yeah. Uh, Cora with a K was pretty common at that time in Germany. So there is this possibility that our Cora could have been a German immigrant, possibly a widow, single mom, mm-hmm. who ended up on the island, isolated by this language barrier. And as we all know, foreign equals different equals unknown equals which. Yeah, scary or be wary of or cautious of. Yeah, and, you know, cultural differences plus a language barrier. Is it any wonder this woman wanted to, like, just be by herself? Yeah. She's like, listen, I know how to fish and I know how to build this hut and I know how to take care of my child. And... (laughs) Sorry if that's weird to you, but I'm just trying to live. It also just makes sense for her to be kind of like, not like a hermit, but mm-hmm. just definitely too, kept to herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not here to make waves or cause trouble, just trying to live my life, yeah. raise my kid. I don't speak your language. You don't speak mine. Like, I don't need you. You don't need me. <laughs> yeah. Leave each other alone. Yeah. And what sucks is like, that was totally working for her. <laughs> Until this random mass hole shows up. Yeah, like, come on. Well, there is one little twist to this. So, (laughs) the name Cora, those letters, Mm C-O-R-A, carved into the trunk of an oak tree on the Outer Banks in North Carolina, is pretty similar Mm -hmm. to another Another word (laughs) carved into a tree. So, about 70 miles north of Frisco, also along the Outer Banks, is Roanoke Island. And I just want to point out that exactly 100 episodes ago, we covered a story that takes place in Manteo and references this Roanoke Lost Colony. Also, I realize that I haven't actually done an actual episode about the Lost Colony (laughs) Lots of, lots of other podcasts. Yeah, it, it's in, you know, American Horror Story mm-hmm. did a whole season yep. about it. And so I'm just going to kind of touch on it a little bit. In August of 1587, approximately 115 English settlers arrived on Roanoke Island. And this was actually the second attempt to settle the island. The first attempt did not end successfully because all sorts of stuff. That's because it's a bunch of... English dudes coming down trying to survive <laughs> Southeast America. Yeah. It is, and, and not not developed at all. Like, no. you are 
Trying to survive the swamp, my friend. Yeah, you're also trying to settle an island. Just go a little further inland. <laughs> you can grow some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Settling in, on an island that's not it just it's, covered in yeah, mosquitoes and there's yeah. no, no hygiene. No. Yeah. No. Also, they weren't. Uh, they were famously not really making friends with the native tribes in the area, so just all around, not a good time. Yeah. So these settlers arrive, and the governor of that colony, or who would become the governor, John White, returned later that year, uh, returned to England for some more supplies. And he's like, I'm going to be back, I'm going to leave my wife and my daughter here, I'm also going to leave my infant granddaughter, Virginia Dare, a.k.a. the first baby born in Mm -hmm. the new colonies. Everyone just stay here. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go get some supplies. And so he goes back to England, but then there's this war thing between England and Spain. And so he couldn't actually return until three years later, which was much, much later than anticipated. And when he got back, he found no colony. And no people. And the only clue was the word Croatoan carved into one of the posts of the outer wall. And they were never seen from again. The Croatan Native American tribe was on Croatan Island south of Roanoke. So there were some theories that the colonists had been killed or abducted by this tribe. Uh, There was also a theory that they had been absorbed into either the Croatan tribe or another neighboring tribe. Uh, There was another theory that they had tried to sail back to England on their own and got lost at sea, which, I mean, possible. Uh, There was also a theory that they were killed by Spaniards who had landed in Florida and marched north, which... It's one hell of a march. It is. Also, it feels like there would be a lot of evidence if that had been the case and who would have the time to carve Croatoan into a post there was a contemporary investigation done I think 2019 they tried they started trying to do like DNA stuff but (laughs) they don't have any DNA to compare it to so they were testing like locals to see if they were descendants Mm -hmm. and see if there was any like Native American blood or whatever but they don't have any DNA from the original colonists. Contemporary investigations concluded that the colony had been killed and there were reports of local Native Americans with European features and that was as early as 1609. So what I had always heard growing up was A, that it was a mystery, but B, that the most plausible thing was that they had assimilated into another tribe or into a tribe. They weren't a tribe. I also thought there was theories of, like, a, a plague or a sickness or something mm-hmm. that wiped them out. Yeah. Um, and anyone who did survive, like, the handful of people that survived, mm-hmm. then were absorbed into a yeah. local tribe. And I think also I heard some theories of a hurricane. Uh, yeah, we do get those here, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And the, the barrier islands get hit hard. Oh, do they? That's yeah. weird. It's... it's kind of why they're important, though. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks for taking the hit for us. They're our defensive line. A little bit. And uh, those settlers wouldn't have any way of knowing that. Yeah. Although, I don't know when meteorology was discovered or invented. I I mean, they're also, they're coming from 
England, where <laughs> different hurricanes not very common up there. Really? Yeah, that's weird. I think they would be. I mean, we did have that one. What two years ago? Or no? How many years ago was it? Which one? It was an O about? or a P Otis. hurricane. Potter. That went up to like Ireland. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was an Atlantic hurricane, and like it came and kind of curved the coast. So, because, like, sometimes New England will get hit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Because, like, Sandy. New York got hit, yeah. Sandy uh, hit New York. And, uh, and then it'll curve across the ocean. Mm-hmm. And one went up towards, like, Ireland, I believe. But, Ireland. you know, like, it, it wasn't it wasn't the same as, yeah. you know, Florence hitting us here. Mm. But, yeah, no. So, like, they wouldn't know how to predict Arcane. They would just think, oh, it's raining. Now it's raining even harder. <laughs> now the Gosh, rain it is, sure is windy. <laughs> the rain is now sideways. Like, oh man, why, why am I standing in you know two and a half feet of water? <laughs> okay, that that tree just came out of the ground. <laughs> Gosh, this is one heck of a storm. Okay, no, it's finally over. It's calmed down. Still looks really really wild, you know, that way and and that way. But we're we're in the middle of a nice break. Yeah. It's the eye. <laughs> oh, crap. It's getting windy again, but it's blowing the other way now. Okay, next time we have a hurricane, I'm just going to need you to provide commentary <laughs> on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is what Twitter accounts are for. That's what I want everyone's tweets to be, just blow by blow. <laughs> um, yeah, and the fun thing about uh, Mother Nature is that advancements in technology like we can predict them now mm-hmm. but uh they can't really do nothing about that wind yeah nope i i think <laughs> just uh, build bigger structures yeah I'd, I'd love to hear from any of the the local tribes from around here mm-hmm. of their oral history of hurricanes because yeah. like you know we have hurricane season mm-hmm. and so i'm sure they were probably able to figure that out like yeah. okay you know, between now and now, is, that's when we get the big storms. But, mm-hmm. like, how do you tell that a hurricane is coming versus just, yeah. you know, a big thunderstorm? Yeah. So, I, I would love to learn more about that. Me too. Let's start another podcast about Native American meteorology. Let's do it. And her. Specifically I in... mean, I don't think <laughs> you or I could get any wider, but we should absolutely do a podcast... <laughs> About Native American oral histories and meteorology. What I meant was, <laughs> let's interview some people, not let's be the authority on Native American history. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I hope everyone's laughing at this. You know, we've had a lot of cake. I've had a lot of wine. We had a scary a excitement. interruption. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> so there is also a local tribe, or there was, uh, called the Kori tribe, mm. also known as the Coronine. There's a theory that the Lost Colony, I guess, first went to the Croatan tribe and then left them and went to the Kori tribe. And spelled everything wrong on the second tree, I guess. Or maybe just got interrupted while trying to, like, how do we spell this? Because they, uh, like, started, realized that they were wrong and couldn't erase it. And they're like, just leave this one. We'll do another one. Yeah. 
And then um, that tree got cut down. Because, yeah, there, there's some speculation of that, you know, they said they wrote Croatoan mm-hmm. in there because they were going to that tribe. So it's like, hey, come find us right. here because, you know, famine or elements or whatever. Like, we right. couldn't fend for ourselves any longer, yeah. so we went to them for help. Come mm-hmm. find us there. It could be the same thing. Yeah. And I believe in the, the case of the Lost Colony that Governor Smith? Was that his name? Governor White? White. White. John White. He did try to go to Croatan Island to check and uh, couldn't get there for some reason. Weather or whatever. Or war. I don't know. But (laughs) he tried to check and couldn't. And then I'm sure at that point the colonists colonists were like, hmm. Oh, but everyone was probably so superstitious, too. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's completely abandoned. It's just carved in this tree. Yeah. Evil. And people were like, let's not follow up on things. Yeah. Moral of the story, I'm going to say, number one, leave more detailed instructions in your tree carvings. At least put an arrow or something. Yeah. Or that way. Or you are here. Or, (laughs) like... Draw a map, leaving it, I don't know, something other than just a mysterious name. And uh, also, don't, A, if you're going to burn a witch, don't do it. Don't do it on an oak tree. Don't do it, period. But don't do it on an oak tree, because they're old as hell. And, um, yeah. That's that's all I got. This episode was way more eventful than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, Derek's going to have a lot of fun editing all of that. Oh my gosh. I know, I was debating suggesting uh just releasing an unedited episode for patrons <laughs> so they can get all the fun goodies um but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it we're a couple weeks out from that so yeah you want to tell our socials real quick yeah so if you want to see pictures of the cora tree and other cool trees trees <laughs> also the cheesecake that we ate yeah um you can check out her uh, Facebook or Instagram at the Tales We Tell podcast. If you want to see these pictures, but you don't do the social media, you can go to our website, thetaleswetellpodcast.com. And if you want to support us and get yourself some sweet, sweet swag, you can go to redbubble.com and check out our merch. On You can get our cool logos. There are multiples now on pretty much anything you want. Yep. And if you want to be awesome and support us like Tammy, you can become a patron at patreon.com. Search the tales we tell. You get bonus content, uh, welcome pack goodies, random notes and stickers and yep. stuff from us. So Our undying love. As always. You know, we scramble to give you guys the, the last couple times we've had uh, glitches. We freaked out because we're like, our patrons need the episode a day early. So sometimes you get fun bonus episodes a day early. To make up for the fact that something happened and it didn't get edited. Technology. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking of it, the last time we did that was actually your fault because you got COVID. Yeah. The day we were supposed to record. So Katie's fault. Um, I saved a park, damn it. (laughs) You what? I saved a park. Oh, you saved a park. I got COVID in the name of saving our park. Which might have an oak tree in it. It does. It there, does. There's a couple okay. at Union Point. Um, so, yeah. No, I... I may have gotten Coble, but... Coble. <laughs> COVID, but for noble purposes. <laughs> a Coble purpose, if you will. A Coble purpose. <laughs> and uh, now I'm going to go drink more wine. Katie is going to go home and not tell her husband about everything that happened here. So oh, that's... I'm absolutely going to tell him. He's going to think it's hilarious. Okay, good. Just... 
Make sure I can still see the baby. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week when hopefully Katie is still around. Well, hopefully next week you're having a baby. But next week in our time, hopefully we're recording in yeah. a couple days. So what I'm saying is don't have the baby between now and when we need to record next. But by the time people are listening to this, I hope you are close to having the baby. So in the parallel universe when people hear this. You should be about a week from having your baby. <laughs> I hope for your sake. Let's be more confusing next time. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So many things.